Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I am Zach here with my co-host, Peyton. And we have a nice, exciting weekend. Some uh, good football action. Uh, Basketball is finally back in full swing for both college and NBA. We got a UFC pay-per-view to talk about. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's let's kick it off with, I say, college football. You agree yeah. with that, Peyton? Yeah, I'm good right, with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, so, so uh, like, as always, a pretty uh, pretty big week in college football, guys. Um, leading it off for this week for me, I got Michigan and Penn State. Now, a lot of people might look at this game and say, oh, Michigan's going to roll. Um, but one thing I do find interesting is Michigan still has not played a ranked opponent yet this year. This So this will be their first true test. I mean, um, and I do think that Michigan – I don't want to say runs away with it because I do think Penn State's offense is – I mean, defense is very, very good, but their offense is just utterly garbage. But um, their defense will keep them, keep them in the game probably until the fourth quarter. But uh, I am interested to see what Michigan looks like against a, a team with a pulse. Um, I mean, they've been playing the Michigan School of the Blind for eight weeks now, nine weeks now. So, uh, finally get to see them against a true opponent. And, um, yeah, so I, I, that's really the only reason I say this game is interesting. Of course, it's two highly ranked teams. I believe they're both in the top ten. But, um, nevertheless, I, 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 don't, I don't see – really any avenue that Penn State wins this football game, um, unless Drew Allard just decides to go absolutely nuclear all of a sudden, which he hasn't done against anybody this year. Um, and especially against a defense such as, like, the one Michigan has. I just I, I just don't see that happening. Um, as much as I would probably love to see it happen, I don't see it happening. So, um, yeah, give me Michigan by probably – two touchdowns in this one i think that's a fair project uh prediction oh yeah like you said it's interesting uh gonna be an interesting matchup for the most part because like you said it's, it's kind of an unknown uncharted territory sort of for michigan uh the third ranked team but yeah the reason they aren't higher than that's because they really haven't played anyone yet this will be the actual test and they're playing at penn state uh def- always a tough place to play so uh, yeah it should be interesting but yes i agree with you. i think michigan probably wins by 10 or more in this um you know, I think they're I think they're gonna prove that, you know, they deserve that number three ranking. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I definitely think they're I think they're probably the second or first or second best team in the country. And I think like you said just mentioned, I think they'll prove that this week. Um now make no mistake, Penn State's offense is garbage, but they are still a very formidable formidable opponent, especially in Happy Valley. Um I'm assuming it's probably gonna be a whiteout game for Penn State and you know those students and the fans go nuts during those games. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a really fun game to watch regardless of who wins that one. So, uh, excited to see that one. Uh, moving on, though, we'll go to my next game. My next game is going to be kind of a weird one for some people probably, um, but it's going to be Arizona at Colorado. And the reason I say this game, um, Arizona's really surged lately. I mean, they – I mean, let me pull up their record. Um schedule i'm sorry they've been playing some really good football lately they beat okay they beat northern arizona lost to mississippi state which looking back on that game that is got to be a horrible loss um they beat utah beat stanford by one which again is not a very good loss i mean win beating stanford by one but then you kind of see them turning around here they lose to washington but only by seven they lose to USC, but only by two in overtime and arguably probably should have won that game. They beat the breaks off of Washington State 44-6, beat Oregon State 27-24, and then just beat UCLA last week 27-10. So they've really flipped the script on their season um, from being a very not very good football team to, hey, I mean, they're the number 23 team in the country now, and, and they finish it off with Colorado – at Colorado, Utah at home, and at Arizona State. So I think the potential for them to win, how many games have they won? One, two, three, four, 
five, six. They have the potential to win nine games. I mean, I could see them beating Utah. Um, definitely could see them beating Colorado, and I think they should beat Arizona State. So uh, I think the floor for them is eight wins, and and the obviously the roof is nine games, being that uh they have already had six and they have three games left. But yeah, look, it's a pretty important stretch for for Arizona. And then on the flip side for Colorado, it's quite the opposite. Um, they're fighting for bowl eligibility, and yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, they have. Four wins, so they have to win two more games out of these last three games, and they play Arizona at home. Then they go to Washington State, and they finish it at Utah. Um, yeah, good luck to Dion and the crew, but uh, yes. that's a. I mean, you didn't exactly set yourself up well with the final three games being against those teams. I mean, even Washington State, who's kind of been sliding lately, um, their offensive and defensive lines are probably going to eat your lunch. So, um, yeah, I don't see an avenue where Colorado wins probably any of those games. I see him finishing at four and eight. And after the start of, to the season, that's got to be a, a massive disappointment for uh, Colorado fans. Uh, obviously, beating TCU. Um, let's see, who else did they beat? Uh, obviously, beating TCU, they beat no- – Nebraska, who's been surging lately, they gritted out a game against Colorado State in overtime, and then the wheels just kind of fell off. They got the brakes beat off of them by Oregon. Um, they got beat by USC by seven, but that game was, I think it was 41-14 to in the third quarter, and USC really let off the gas on offense. Um, and USC, I mean, let's be real, USC isn't as good as a lot of people think thought they were, would be. Um, they didn't beat Arizona State in by three, which Arizona State's a pretty bad football team this year. They, I mean, this is probably the worst loss of their season was Stanford in overtime. They were just crushing them in the first at halftime, and then all of a sudden, I go to sleep, I wake up, and Stanford wins. I just I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, "There's just absolutely no way that I'm looking at the right score." And but I'll be damned. Uh, yeah, it was so. Yeah, I think that was a a pretty pretty abysmal loss there, and just devastating. They haven't won since they played UCLA and they played Oregon State. Two two teams that offensively aren't really that great, but defensively they're suffocating. And uh, they made Colorado's line look offensive line look horrible, like they actually are. So, um. Yeah, I mean, when you play a team with a good defensive line and you have a really, really bad offensive line, you're going to get crushed. So I, I don't see anything different going against Washington State or Utah. Arizona, I think they could be better up front defensively. But um, offensively, I think they're going to hang a lot of points on Colorado because Colorado's defense is also horrible. So, um, yeah, give me uh, give me Colorado. I mean, uh, Arizona in that one. I was about to say all that talk just to pick Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. Um, the downfall of Colorado, uh, I mean, best case scenario, they lose and get their jewelry taken again. That's all I got to say. Arizona, yeah, Arizona surprisingly turned it around. I, um, I'm not really sure I expected that, to be honest. Uh, considering, if I'm not mistaken, it's just the team that years ago they were, like, tweeting out that they were having, like, tryouts for, like, walk-ons. Sure. This Arizona, this this is this the Arizona oh, yes. team? I believe it. I believe like, it was like for kickers like, or something, or no? Maybe it was just the whole I think, team. I think it was for the whole team, dude. I really don't think it was that long ago. Yeah, uh, I think so. Maybe those walk-ons really uh, made a difference. <laughs> Someone took control of um, Arizona and NCAA uh, the game. Yeah, and <laughs> turning them around. Yeah, yeah they turned off the mode. Yeah, so they got on easy difficulty recruiting sets of um, novice. <laughs> Anyways, exactly. I agree with you, though. I got Arizona beating Colorado. Yeah, um, I just, like I said, I don't see an avenue where uh, Colorado wins this one. Right. But 
we'll move on to the next game I have circled, uh, and that's going to be Miami at Florida State. I think Florida State's, I mean, easily the better team in this game. But like we've mentioned on this on this podcast before, it's a rivalry game, and you know, a lot of weird things happen in rivalry games. Um, so uh, I, I would like to see. I mean, I, I would think that I'd see Florida State roll in this one, uh, especially with the subpar quarterback play from Tyler Van Dyke lately. Um, I feel like he's kind of a two-headed, I mean, two-faced monster. Uh, one day he's amazing. One day he's just utter trash. Or Really, it's not even one day. It's one drive. He's great in one drive. He's trash. I don't understand it. So, um, um, hmm. Uh, I would like I would like to think that Florida State pulls it out, but I wouldn't be shocked if Miami pulled the upset here. Uh, they they do have a ton of talent on that team, and uh, nobody more talented than Cam Kenshin's. Uh, I don't I don't know I, for whatever reason I think he might be questionable. Uh, let me see. Hmm. No, he should be good to go. I think he's good to go. I mean, that was just a, that was that was a good while ago. Um, that he was hurt, so I think um, Cam Kenshin's will be back. I think, um, I think it'll be a good game. Those games are always competitive for the most part. So, uh, yeah, give me Florida State in that one. But I would, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if Miami pulled the upset. So. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm you good. all right? I'm good. <laughs> okay, just start. Sorry, your laughing's contagious. I guess. Oh no, I'm with you. Yeah, rivalry game, man. You just never know. Uh, Miami. I mean, this is the same Miami team that made Texas a Okay, I'm starting to talk about Texas a and I'm like, they're a top mm. ten team, but <laughs> just work with me here. Texas a and I mean, you know, this is the same Miami team that uh, pretty handedly, kind of handedly beat Texas a and uh, Florida State. I wouldn't even call this a trap game. I think Florida State's probably well prepared for this game. And I have to imagine that on home home field, college playoffs around the corner. And they're, you know, they are the fringe team right now. Um, I got to imagine they mean business and they're going to stand on it. So, yeah, I got Florida State winning. I had to, I had to sneak it in there. I love it. Yeah, no. And, and Florida State only has uh, this game and the Florida game left that are losable games, so um, gotta get past the first, though, I guess. Right. Is that all you wanted to say about the game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. yeah, we'll move on to the next game, and it's gonna be Utah at Washington. I mean, look, this might be some basic. Is Cam Rising playing? <laughs> um, this might be some very basic. Uh, football breakdown, but this game's going to come down to Utah's offense versus Washington's defense and Utah's defense versus Washington's offense. Um, <laughs> I mean, it might, it, that might be pretty basic, um, but um, yeah, so, I mean, it remains true. Utah's defense is the strength of their team. Can they slow down Washington's offense? And then on the flip side, Washington's defense is the weakness of their team. Um, can they can they just not give up a ton of points to Utah's offense, who is the weakness of their team? So, um, I mean, I feel like both of these teams are just absolutely unbalanced in the opposite way from each other, and it's it's incredible. So, typically, I do like to go with the the higher powered offense in this game in these types of games, but um, as we saw last week, that doesn't always happen. I mean, LSU got beat by Alabama, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So give me uh I'm gonna say Washington this one though. I agree. I gotta roll with Washington, um, mainly because I know in the preseason I ch- I chose them as number one. So I'm just gonna hope they keep rolling strong here. Uh, I have to imagine they do. Give me the more yeah, give me the more powerful on the offensive side team. Um I mean Washington's looking really good this season. I mean oh, that's yeah. not it's a surprise to some people, but not to us. You know, we did our homework. We knew we knew what was going on there. Oh, yeah, now. Without, without a doubt. Now. Um, 
wonder what the let me look at what the weather is gonna be like there this Saturday. A tornado. Hmm. Give me Utah since they run the ball. <laughs> Actually, uh, Washington's running back had an incredible game the other day. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's Saturday. It's forty-seven degrees. Is the low fifty-four is the high, and it's eighty percent chance of rain Saturday. Um, mm, I, I'm still gonna go Washington. I don't think that's that makes a difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I concur. So, moving on to my final three games, I got Tennessee. I'll keep. I'll try to keep these a little bit shorter. Uh, Tennessee at Missouri. Um, and it's kind of the same same thing with the Utah and Washington game. Tennessee has an elite running game, but Missouri is very good at defending the run. And Missouri has a, an elite passing game, and Tennessee's elite at stopping the pass. So, I mean, this will be a really interesting game. Whose strength is stronger? Whose weakness is weaker? And which I don't really think either of these teams has a, a glaring weakness. I think they're both very, very good teams. Um, but I do like Missouri in this one, especially being that it's at home for them. I agree. Uh, I'm going to take Missouri. I'm not, I'm not really sure what the what the betting lines are. Um, to be fair, I'm not too interested. I guess right now, uh, I agree. Missouri at home. They've been looking really really good this season. Uh, Tennessee uh, also has been looking good this season, but um, they're also I think they've looked a little bit more shaky than Missouri has. I think Missouri has a little bit more, um, you know, solid of a team. So yeah, give me Missouri here at home. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Tennessee, uh, I mean, they're a good team in their own right, but I think Missouri's definitely a stronger team. Of course, Missouri's only lost two games, and that being to LSU and Georgia, uh, both no slouches. Um, by the way, this is a pick em. It's minus 118 for Tennessee, minus 102 for Missouri, and the spread uh, is one and a half in favor of Tennessee. Oh, okay. I mean, that makes sense, actually. That makes a lot of sense. Yep, I think it's going to be a very, very good game, but I do, I do give uh, Missouri the edge here. Moving on to a game, I don't think is going to be all that close. It's going to be Ole Miss at Georgia, and I actually literally just got a notification that said they're projecting Brock Bowers to be back for Georgia this week. So uh, yeah, good luck to Ole Miss's defense. <laughs> um, I mean, this this makes uh, I mean Carson Beck's really having a, putting together a pretty solid year quietly. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of recognition. I guess because Georgia is so stacked around him, um, they're like, oh, well, you can throw a, a monkey back there and he, he'll do good. But um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think Georgia rolls in this one, especially being in Athens. Yeah, I agree. Not much to be said. I got Georgia here. And last but certainly not least, um, I have USC at Oregon, not because I think uh, this is going to be a particularly close game either, but I do want to see how Oregon's defense holds up against USC's offense. Um, you, we've seen a lot of elite defenses hold USC and Caleb Williams in check this year. I want to see if Oregon's defense is really elite or if it's just kind of fraudulent. Um, if, if they hold them in check, we know that they're, they're a legit defense. And I think depending on how they look in this game, they might be my new favorites to win the college football playoff. Hmm. Interesting. I think they're a lot better of a team than people give them credit for. I know they lost that game to Washington, but I think if you replay that game, I think they win. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely not, like, um, completely disagreeing with your take there. I just, uh, truth be told, wasn't expecting it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for what it's worth. As far as the game's concerned, USC at Oregon, um, yeah, USC, poo-poo, Oregon, not poo-poo. Yeah, I think, I mean, Oregon's going to roll in it. But I just, like I said, that's the main thing I really want to watch for is uh, how their off I mean, their defense holds up against uh, USC's offense. I'm also curious to see what USC's defense looks like um, without Alex Grinch now. Does it look worse? I mean, <laughs> can it look worse? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You have to think that's an improvement. You got to start somewhere, and I think that's the first step. Mm-hmm. LSU. The first, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Yeah, exactly. In the house. <laughs> we don't speak his name. Mm-hmm. He's worse than such a, such a terrible guy. Such a terrible guy. I mean, 
so terrible more. Yes. I mean, don't. Don't don't even get me started on him. But yeah, that was my final game that uh, I'm interested in. Uh, Is that any any other games that you're interested in? No, you covered all the ones that I was going to mention. So, um, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I got an email from work. We're um, in an argument with um, one of our architects. Not really an argument, but just trying to figure something out. And we keep going back and forth. Anyways, yeah, no, you covered all the games that I was um, interested in covering as well. Uh, Really good weekend for football. I think, you know, as these, like I said, as the um, college football playoffs approach, you'll see these games. just by, I guess, really by default, have more meaning to them, therefore make them more entertaining, more interesting. So, um, yeah, it's uh, another good weekend of college football. And if you don't have anything else to cover, Peyton, we can move into NFL really quickly. Um, yeah, not too much, not really too much to cover there, at least for my, at least for what I care. Um, matter of fact, I'm only going to, I mean, I'm, I'll mention two games: uh, San Francisco at Jacksonville and Cleveland at Baltimore, um, both noon games. Um, and actually, let me preface by saying this. This may be the worst primetime slate the NFL has ever released. Um, Thursday night football, Monday night football, and Sunday night football. It's um, arguably the worst three-game slate ever. Uh, tonight, at the night of the recording, that is Thursday, November 9th, uh, Carolina at Chicago is being played. Um that's that's awful game number one. Uh, and surprise, I don't know why they don't flex some of these games out. Anyways, um... You got matter of fact, let's 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 just throw the um the Germany game in as another primetime game. You got the Colts at the Patriots, technically, in Germany. That's another sicko game. Then you got Sunday night football, the Jets at the Raiders. Um, not sure if the Raiders have turned a new leaf or if the last game was a fluke. Um the Jets offense is still super weird and the defense is still good, so they just it's an automatic sicko team. Um so yeah, sicko game for Sunday night. Then you got Denver at Buffalo Monday night. That's another sicko game. Buffalo is fraudulent, and Denver just sucks. So inter- interestingly enough, this is the worst primetime slate that I can remember as far as uh, as as far as I can remember watching NFL football. Anyways, that's enough being said about those games. Uh, San Francisco at Jacksonville is going to be interesting. You gotta you gotta think San Francisco here is looking, um, you know, to essentially get the wheels back on their vehicle, which is you know the high powered um offense and you know like um coming off of a buy i believe uh trade deadline picked up some names uh they're going into jacksonville jacksonville is another hot team should be fairly interesting um yeah i don't know i want to i gotta i have to imagine i'm still not sold on brock party i don't think i ever will be but i mean he's a product product of a good team and good coaching so um it is what it is i, I have to imagine san francisco is going to get Going to start getting back on track here at Jacksonville. Um, not sure how they do it, but I think one way or another, they're going to outlast Jacksonville. Uh, and as far as uh, – do you want to say anything about that game, Peyton, or you want me to roll into my last game here? Nice. Just keep it rolling. Fair enough. Uh, the last game I'll cover here that I'm interested in covering, I should say, is uh, Cleveland at Baltimore. Uh, two high-powered defenses going up against each other. Uh, Baltimore obviously rolling at 7-2. and two. Um Kind of springboarding in people's rankings. Uh, Cleveland, no slouches as well. I think they'll be having Deshaun Watson back. Not really sure that's a good thing. Uh, But um, regardless, they'll have him back. And, yeah, you have to imagine Cleveland's looking for a little bit of revenge here. Uh, These two teams played earlier in the season, obviously, as uh, division rivals. And Baltimore was able to pretty easily beat Cleveland. But then again, Cleveland didn't have Deshaun Watson. A lot of people missing on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, it should be a very interesting game. Uh, Baltimore at home, going to be a hard team to beat, though. Um, yes, I don't really have a lean either way. Like I said, I think Cleveland has a little bit more motivation here than what people are giving them. Uh, they, have, they have a little bit more motivation going into this game, so people aren't giving them enough credit, I don't think. Um, but obviously, Baltimore is no slouch. So, should be a very interesting game. Uh, like I said, I don't really lean one way or the other. But it should be, I think, you know, if you're looking for a noon game to watch, I'm not sure if this is on, you know, TV or not. But um, uh, if you have League Pass, or I don't think it's called League if you have a Sunday ticket, I think is what it's called, uh, definitely tune into the Browns and Ravens game. Should be a very interesting one. And uh, that's all I wanted to talk about from the NFL. Uh, you, Peyton, any other? It's kind of a boring week, NFL. Uh, yeah, I think that's all for me. All right, well, um, 
we can move into some basketball here, and then afterwards we can we can touch up on the UFC 295 main card, which is going to be full of bangers that I can talk about for days on end. But before we get to that, um, yeah, we can maybe cover some NBA here, maybe go over some, I don't know, things that are unexpected in the league or things that are, you know, are expected. I'm not sure. Uh, let's just see where this conversation goes. Uh, let's see. I'm going to click on the standings really here. I know, I believe the Sixers and the Nuggets are leading their respective conferences. Uh, both teams only have one loss, and they're both looking really good. No shockers there. Uh, kind of a repeat of last season as far as the two teams leading the conferences. Um, speaking of, I believe tonight the Pacers just beat the Bucks and like Giannis had like a 52-point game, but Leonard couldn't play. Uh, anyways, I guess some records that are interesting here for me in the Eastern Conference at least – um, the Raptors are four and four. I mean, they've beaten some really good teams, um, and they've also lost games that I guess I've expected them to lose. And the same goes for the Knicks. Um, we're kind of the opposite. The Knicks are kind of losing more games than I expected them to. They're not looking as strong as I thought they would be. And uh, the Magic, Magic looking good, four and three. Uh, like I said, the young team is starting to finally put the pieces together. And then you got the bottom features of the Eastern Conference that are kind of, um, you know, what what we expected. You know what we expected, and then moving on to the Western Conference, very tough uh, conference here. Um, I mean, man, it's and, and it's a weird conference too because you know here we got the uh, Houston Rockets. I mean, they're I think they've won how many? I think they've won four in a row now. They start off zero three, now they've won four in a row. Um, very interesting. You know, young yeah, team has some uh, savvy veterans. Oh, yeah, savvy veterans. Yeah, I know, it's super weird. You just wouldn't expect it. But, um, I mean, they beat the Lakers last night. The Lakers are 3-5, and five, by the way, uh, not looking too good. Um, but I guess that's just the Lakers' way. Just look like crap until the All-Star break and then finally, or, you know, like <laughs> make trades or whatever just because you're the Lakers and then finally get start putting it together. And, um, anyway, real quickly here, last thing to wrap up with, probably the biggest shocker um, in both conferences at 1-7, the undisputed worst team in the NBA right now is Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, they um they're one and seven. Uh, they they don't look good. I mean, I mean, I'm seeing their injury reports just like you know pile up and pile up with the names. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I at least expected them to be formidable while John Morant was gone, but I mean, they're struggling really bad here. Uh, that's something something I didn't really expect. It's. I really can't put a finger on why, you know. I mean, they, they like I said, they have, they have decent depth. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is with the Memphis Grizzlies, but you know, it looks like until John Morant gets back, they're going to be just the team that struggles up until then. I mean, who would have ever thought, you know, that one guy makes that much of a difference? But um, yeah, it is. It is insane that they're like <laughs> dead last in the NBA. Um, I think some other surprises. Uh. Heat being the ten seed, Suns being four and four, Timberwolves being five and two, Mavericks being six and two. Um, I think those are awesome kind of surprises. Wim Wimbenyama being trash. No, I don't know about that. Oh, rookie of the year race is going to be interesting between him and Chet. It's be very I know. Interesting. I, I mean, well, let me. <laughs> I shouldn't say bad, but he. I think. Was it last night or the night before? He had a pretty rough game. I think it was last night. Let me look. I mean, yeah, it is. And it's weird because, you know, the two teams that them two are on are very different in their roles. Um, obviously, Chet, he gets to work with, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of other young players who are good. And quite frankly, Wimby is working with not so good people. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. There's a reason the Spurs and, and we're able to get Wimby. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which I get that's a lottery, but, you know. Yeah, no, I get, I get it. I'm with you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I think he'll be I think he'll be fine. But uh, I think it was a little premature to call him uh, generationally good. Yeah, I know. I mean, you got to give, give, give him a chance, dude. Yeah, you know, just, just let him. Just let him be in the league for yeah. I was about to say like, like, I think he's gonna be great. But oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. People put put a lot of unrealistic expectations on him. At the end of the day, yep. he's still just a kid. Yeah, absolutely. That is true. So, um, best of luck to Wimby though. 
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely pulling for him. I mean, like I said, the dude, dude's a freak of nature, regardless of um how well he does. I mean, it's it's, it's so weird seeing a, a guy that big just being able to move so fluidly. Um, no, you don't see that. I mean, that doesn't come around very often. Yeah, I know. It's it, yeah, it's it's very weird, very weird. But um, yeah, best of luck to him and the Spurs. Uh, like I said. And like you know, I said this even as soon as he was drafted. I mean, it, it's it's. I think it's a really good thing he ended up on the Spurs. He's got Greg Popovich to kind of mentor him. And you know, I mean, if you want any coach, you know, your first couple of years in the league, it's definitely him. Um, oh yeah, that's definitely I the think guy he's you want. Kind of lost a step in coaching, but uh, still yep. one of the best coaches of all time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I I can imagine the moment the Spurs let him go, if if that ever happened, he's gonna retire as a Spur. But don't get me wrong. But you know, if he ever got let go, I can imagine the twenty nine other teams getting into a bidding war for him. So, yeah, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'd be interested in going to him. <laughs> nope, nope, I couldn't imagine. And um, yeah, let's. Oh, uh, that's all I have for NBA. What about you? Yet? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of what kind of what we figured, some of what we didn't. But yeah, it's, it's gonna be a pretty interesting early season. season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're not even ten least. games in, and things are kind of unfolding. Um, majority, like kind of, kind of how we expected, but also not really. And um, some players have stepped up. Um, but yeah, it should be very interesting to keep up with. And you know, and uh, NBA won't be something we cover. You know, obviously we'll cover like the breakout players or something, or you know, a couple of games every episode. Oh, but you know, damn but we'll have, you know, we'll kind of recap the NBA here every now and then um, and just see, you know, see the landscape of the league. But um, if that's all we have about NBA, how quickly – I would say how quickly college bas- co- cover college basketball. But really all I have to say is that, you know, I mean, we're really – most of these teams are one or two games into the season. Um, the Baylor-Auburn game, man, I watched that, I think, last night or the night before. That was a really good game. Um, the Auburn yeah, watched was it. winning the whole – Watched the gym this morning. Yeah, I mean, Auburn was winning the whole game, and then Baylor. I mean, the refs kind of took control of that game, too. But anyways, um, two very good teams there in Auburn and Baylor, and they put up a really good performance against each other. Um, I was very impressed. Um, but, yeah, at least, and there's not much to be said. I said, I mean, some of these teams haven't even played a game yet, so I don't think it's really fair to say, oh, we got some obvious runaways here. Um, you know, obviously you have, like, you, you know, your top four, top five. But and then I don't know. It's too early to say anything. But um, just happy that it's back. And you know, start, you know, start looking out for some of your teams now. Start studying up because before you know it, March will be here. And it's gonna be time to make your bracket. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I don't have any like clear cut favorites or anything right now. I mean, should be some very interesting, very interesting teams this year. But Saint, that's all I have to say. About that. Saint, is it Saint John? That Patino's at? I believe so. God, I don't even say they're going to be good this year. Mm, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not much of a uh, prediction. One of the best coaches of all time. Right. Right. But yeah, it should be. Um, oh, and LSU on a hometown team here. LSU impressed me. I don't know to nobody, but. Still, that's something we we did not see much of last year, even with yeah. the nobodies. So good to see oh, him. Yeah. Uh, I think Matt McMahon, Matt McMahon is going to be a good coach for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, look what he did at um, Murray, Murray State, I believe it was. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that coached up John Morant. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, a real winner he is. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, but yeah, I think that'll be it for NBA. If you want to, Peyton, we can go ahead and. Rolling to UFC 295, at least the mm-hmm. main card of it, and wrap it up after that. All righty. I'm excited. Let me get my tapology up. Let me get this card up because they keep changing the bout orders on me. Uh, all right. I've got the first fight up. Uh, if you're ready to roll, I can kick us off. Or yep, go ahead. You can if you want. All right. All right. Let me sit up in my chair. Let me get serious here. Um, as always, I usually have the odds on these fights, on these fighters, I should say, to win uh, from DraftKings. I updated them this morning in my little sheet. And so uh, starting off the main card here, we got uh, Pat Sabatini, a minus 120 favorite going up against Diego Lopez, plus 100. Um, 
Diego Lopez, a pretty familiar name here on the podcast. I think we've um, already covered him a couple of times, um, maybe once. I think a couple of times. I'm not sure. And um, and Sabatini, I believe we covered him as well. Anyways, um, so yeah, Diego Lopez here, the much younger fighter. Um, you know, I will say early in his career, I wasn't too impressed going back watching his fights. But like I said, he's a very young fighter. He's getting better uh, very quickly. Um, he's still got a very good, bit, uh, very good bit to learn. Um, so I mean, I don't think he's a complete fighter. I don't think he's like a super threat right now to the featherweight. But I will say, man, he's looking better and better. He's starting to impress me. This dude is very tough. Um, he's very good on the feet, and uh, he's he's kind of a kind of a unicorn in the sense that when he's on his back, you know, usually you see these fighters kind of, you know, accept positions and just not do much there. Well, he'll accept the position knowing that, you know, he can submit you from there. I guess he's like a um, Charles Olivier in that sense. But, um, yeah, he puts people in a bind off his back. Uh, he he goes for subs pretty much 24-7. Like, you're on top and you pretty much can't do anything with this guy. And, um, I mean, he's liable to get you in a sub. I mean, uh, he got Gavin Tucker in a triangle arm bar not too long ago. Uh, anyways, uh, Pat Sabatini, um, you know, watched a, watched a couple of his past fights. Um, you know, he's got a good record to his name, eighteen and four. But I think that record is a lot more uh, pleasing to the eye than it, what it actually is. Uh, watching his fights, he's getting rocked. Um, you know, he's kind of the opposite of Lopez. He does. He, I don't think he's all that tough. I mean, I'm seeing him getting dropped, but I mean, he's still coming back to win. Um, Dude's a really good wrestler, a really good grappler. Um, he's always looking for the takedowns, uh, mainly. And I don't think, I don't think his striking is as good as Lopez's. So I have to imagine that uh, Sabatini here, he's probably going to look to get to the fight, get the fight to the ground. And you know, usually he's able to wear out opponents there. You know, kind of do his thing, just kind of chill. Sometimes he'll sneak into submission or a club and sub, but. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that against Diego Lopez. Um, I got Lopez here winning via third-round submission. I think essentially, you know, Sabatini may get takedowns and get the fight to the ground, but I don't think he's – I think Lopez is going to be the more active fighter even off his back, Um, you know. So, yeah, I got Lopez sneaking into submission here in the third round because I think Lopez is going to keep attacking Sabatini. I think there's just no way possible that Sabatini is going to be able to essentially – fight off Diego Lopez for that long on the ground. Uh, So I kind of disagree. I'm going to say Sabatini wins this fight. Um, And I'll uh, like most of the fights on this card, you could pretty much go either way. Um, A lot of really, really good fights on this card. Um, So I think, I think uh, Sabatini is going to end up grinding out a victory on a, a decision victory. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Sabatini has a um advantage in takedowns and mat work, so um I just expect him to take it down to the ground, kind of grind it out on the ground. Interesting. Yeah, that's what he looks to do looks to do in most of his fights, but like I, said, I don't think he's ever really been in the ring, been in the octagon, I should say, with someone who's as good off their back as Lopez. And like I said, Lopez is just younger, getting better every Every fight I see him in, at least. So, I mean, I can only imagine he's going to be even better this fight. So, yeah, no, um, no doubt. I, I think like you're that. wrong. Um, anyways, we'll move on. Oh, I'm, I'm joking. You can say what you're going to say. No, uh, I was just going to say, I mean, either way, I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, I don't see it getting finished, though. Mm, interesting. I think it definitely, yeah, I think if a finish is going to come, it's going to be on the Diego Lopez side. Um, yeah, I don't see Sabatini getting a finish here. But, um, you know, you know, we'll see. Should be, should be fairly interesting. Uh, yeah, I do, I do foresee this fight probably taking place on the mat. A majority of the fight, like some, I don't think either of these fighters are, you know, like superhero strikers. So, I can't really imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine this fight stays on the feet too long. But I don't know. I mean, I think I don't know. I think this fight gets finished. Uh, should be interesting. I could see it going either way. I guess. I think yeah. not. I think. Seven times out of ten, the fight gets finished. I guess I'll say it like that. We'll see. I'm trying to see this, but on the under two and a half rounds is um, minus one thirty-five. Let me see what the fight doesn't go to the finishes. Uh, round props, dude. I'm telling you, the fight's not getting finished. The fight to go the distance is plus one fifty for the yes. 
What did I just say? What, I don't know. What did you say? You said it's not going to go the distance? It is going to go the distance. Oh. Oh, we bet on it. It's plus 150. That's good money then. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we move on to the next fight. Uh, definitely could be fight of the night here. Matt Frivola going up against Benoit Saint-Denis. Benoit Saint-Denis, a minus 225 favorite. Uh, Frivola, the roller, uh, plus 190 dog. Um, yeah, another super interesting fight. Um, oh, let me click on it here because I think Frivola lost fight, lost fought Dober. Can't quite remember. He did. Yeah, so I mean, this is this is a guy who knocked out Drew Dober. Who I mean, let's be honest, Drew Dober. You know, he gets rocked almost every single fight, but he never gets finished. And you know, Frivola is the guy to finally finish him. Um, yeah, you know, Frivola is kind of a weird fighter. Uh, I mean, he I mean, he's a knockout machine. And I used to, I used to kind of be on the I used to be kind of iffy with this guy, right? Because you just sometimes you just never knew if he was going to show up or not. You know, I mean. Sometimes he'd be super timid and just not engage, and which is, you know, really shouldn't be part of his game plan. Or other times, like I said, he's coming out like the freaking Grim Reaper and he's just knocking people out. Uh, he's advancing. I mean, he's he's eating as many shots as he throws, but, I mean, this dude's super powerful. Um, anyways, uh, you know, he's, he's lucky he's good on the feet because he can't defend a takedown to save his life. Um, his durability, uh, it, it, it's iffy. Out of some fights, it looks good. Other fights, it doesn't. So, I don't know if it's like a conditioning thing or what, but I can't really trust his durability. Benoit Saint-Denis, on the other hand, uh, polar opposite, super tough. Uh, God of War here. Um, you know, BSD, he's kind of like Frivola in the sense that he doesn't have the best striking defense, but he's also a very great striker. I think I like his technique a lot more than Frivola's. Um, and, you know, I think, I think a, a pretty big mismatch here is that Benoit Saint-Denis is actually – Pretty pretty decent at takedowns. He can get them. He's a very great grappler. And as a free volo, kind of sucks at both those things. Um, not that I really think either of those things matter, because I think at the end of the day, Benoit, oh, my prediction here is Benoit Saint Denis to uh, win via first round knockout. Um, I think free volo's chin, uh, I, like I said, it's a question mark. It can, you know, the scale tips either way sometimes on that chin. And I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of it doesn't hold up this fight. So yeah, give me Benoit Saint-Denis to win via knockout in the first round. Should be should be a really good fight though. I think both these guys are going to come out swinging. Um and I have to imagine one way or another um someone's getting served this fight. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I, I I agree with everything you said, uh including Benoit Saint-Denis winning the fight. Um Yeah, this dude's a freaking dog. He's he's one of the guys. He's next up, man. He's uh, if you haven't watched him, you might want to do so. He's a he's a special fighter. Um, yeah, I I mean, there's not much more to say other than what what Zach hit on in in terms of him, um, or in this fight. But yeah, all I gotta say is, if you're able to, you you might want to watch this fight. I think I know I know we have a really stacked uh main and co-main, but. Man, all things considered, this could be the fight of the night. Yeah, absolutely. And for what it's worth, DraftKings has the odds. Um, fight to go the distance, no, is minus 400. So um, that kind of lets you know what the odds makers think to how this fight's going to end. Um, with It's, it's definitely going to end with someone probably biting the dust. Yes. And um, I mean, I will say Benoit Saint-Denis, I, I mean, one fight happened a couple years ago worries me, you know, because I'm watching highlights of it. Um, you know, a guy by the name of uh, Lesu Zaleski, uh, just he he ripped Benoit Saint Denis a new one against the side of the cage. Like Saint Denis was sitting there on the cage, and I mean Zaleski ripped off about a fifty piece combo. Mm. It was it was unreal, and I can't remember who the ref was, but <laughs> the ref was sitting there staring at Saint Denis just get rocked. Like he uh, he was out of it after the tenth strike, but he ate forty more for his troubles because the ref was like, mm. <laughs> just like. Like this, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like, like I wonder when this combo is going to end. Um, you should watch it if you get the chance. I'm not sure if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It, I mean, it was a pretty insane freaking combo. And like, so Saint Denis just sitting there taking it. He's not. He's just like gassed and just. Um. Anyways, that's his one loss. And um, but uh, that doesn't really worry me too much. That was two years ago. He was a super young fighter. He still is a super young fighter. I mean, dude's not even 28 yet, and um, he's looking super good. But yeah, oh. um. BSD train coming through, in in my opinion. 
And uh, we'll move on. I'll cover this fight kind of quickly uh, for obvious reasons. Like, it's nothing against women, but I don't like women's MMA. Um, Jessica Andrade and Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern and minus 198 favorite. Um, minus 205 now, I guess. Okay. Um, I, I got DraftKings open. So, and Jessica Andrade plus 164. No, I'm sorry. Let me see. Plus 170. So, yeah, money's kind of coming in on the McKenzie Dern side, and I have to agree here. Um, I have Dern winning via second, uh, second round submission. And, you know, Jessica Andrade, she's, you know, obviously, I don't know. I don't know what to say about her anymore. There's really not much to say. I really don't think she cares about fighting. I think the only reason she cares about fighting is because of the money. If she cared about fighting, she wouldn't be accepting some of these fights on short notice like she has been. Um, yeah, I mean, and she's still young in her career, but I mean, I don't think she's motivated anymore. Mackenzie Dern, on the other hand, um, also young in her career. I think she's obviously more motivated than Andrade is at this point in her career. Um, yeah, so Andrade is on the back end, you know, of her career. I mean, for what it's worth, she's a good all around fighter, or at least she at least used to be. And, um, my main key I'm going to, my main key I'm going to say about her really quick here. Jesus, is that she sucks off her back. The only reason I mention that is because Dern is a great grappler. Um, you know, her wrestling used to suck, but it's getting better and better. She's improving on her takedowns. Um, she doesn't have the best striking, but it's good. Um, you know, it can hold up, and she has good power. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see Andrade has ways to victory, but I really – the motivation is just a huge question mark for me. And, you know, if, if at any point I really question your motivation to fight – I can't choose you to win. I can't comfortably choose you to win. So, yeah, give me McKenzie Dern to get it done in the first or second round via submission. I I lean second round. I think Andrade may put up a fight for the first two minutes, and Dern kind of feels her out. But, um, like, I think Dern's going to respect Andrade. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think she's going to get it done. Yeah, no, I, I do tend to agree, Um, especially about the motivation part. I mean, to be a fighter, you got to be a dog. And quite frankly – Andrade ain't a dog anymore, so, um, yeah, I, it, it's sad when you see great fighters like herself uh, just fall off a cliff, essentially, in their careers, but looks like we're heading that way. Yep, it is unfortunate, but at least we're through talking about it now. Moving on to the co-main event, mm-hmm. uh, we have Sergey Pavlovich going up against Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall, uh, let me look at the odds right now. Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall. Anyways, um, Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall, Aspinall. Tom Aspinall, minus 112 favorite. No, minus 118 favorite. Sorry. And uh, Pavlovich, a minus 102 favorite. No, 102 underdog, technically. Sorry. It's a pick em. Um, Yeah. Uh, banger of a co main. Only reason this fight is on the card is because, unfortunately, John Jones tore his peck and will not be fighting uh, Steve Miocic for the heavyweight title anymore or fighting to defend the heavyweight title, I should say. Uh, which is unfortunate, but I think, you know, it's a busting in disguise because we have a little bit more of a competitive fight here um, than that fight was going to be. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think the scouting report is out on both these fighters. Um, you know, <laughs> not much, not much, I don't know, not much to be said. I still, I'm still torn. I'm still torn on <laughs> who I have as a winner here. And, um, I mean, it actually gives me a headache the more I think about it. But, um, yeah, uh, look, Pavlovich has super powerful hands. Uh, his striking is insane. His striking power, I should say, is insane. Um, and there's really not much more to say about this guy than that. Like I said, the the, 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 the scouting report's out on him. Uh, but for what it's worth, uh, I do have to mention this because I think Aspinall is a pretty good wrestler for the heavyweight division. Um you know, Pavlovich has only ended up on his back wrestling one time. I had to dig deep for this. I can't. Uh, I think it was um, against Alistair Overeem. Uh, he ended up on his back, and yeah, he looked like a turtle who couldn't flip over. He looked terrible on his back. But that was years ago, though, so I don't really know yeah, if he's improved in that realm or not. Uh, but I think I'm not sure if that's really going to matter this fight. I think it will. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, uh, Tom Aspinall, uh, probably the best heavyweight um, on the top. Uh, he's got a great top game. He can get some, sorry, he can he can get submissions uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, he can get takedowns. Has really good wrestling, and um, you know I don't think he has the power of Pavlovich. I don't think many people in the heavyweight division will. But um, for you know for who he is, he has good power, 
And I think he's probably the quickest striker in the heavyweight division. I mean, dude moves very, very quick with his strikes. He, um, you know, some you often forget that you know when you watch him that he's a heavyweight. Um, you know, dude obviously looks big, but you'll see like in the quickness of his punches, he doesn't. It's not something you see the heavyweight. Usually, heavyweights kind of load up, which is what Pavlovich does. But anyways, um, yeah, I I really I don't particular. I lean a little bit on Aspinall here just because he has more ways of victory. So I got Aspinall winning via first round knockout. Um, I got I have him. I have him somehow surviving pa- a Pavlovich onslaught and getting a takedown. And once Pavlovich is on his back, he's not going to do much. And Aspinall is going to just start teeing off, maybe a club and sub, or maybe just a straight up club to death. I don't know, but I'll lean Aspinall here ever so slightly. Just like I said, just because he has more avenues to win. Um, but I mean, you know, really, you know, you if you're Aspinall, if you're a fan of Aspinall, you're hoping he gets a takedown. If you're a fan of Babovich, I say a fan. If you're pulling for, because I'm a fan of both these guys, I think both these guys are going to be um, tears in the heavyweight division for years to come. Um, yeah. Anyways, if you're pulling for Aspinall, you hope he gets a takedown and avoids the Pavlovich power. Um, and if you're pulling for Pavlovich, obviously you you hope that he does what he's been doing to everyone else and just <laughs> rocks uh, rocks Aspinall. So yeah, it should be should be a very interesting fight. Um, regardless, I don't think it needs to be said, but I'll say it anyways. This fight won't go the distance. This fight will be lucky to to see out of the first round. Yeah, I mean, uh, w- w- Sergey has what fifteen first round knockouts, and Aspinall has quite a few first round finishes as well. Um, yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, these are the probably the two best heavyweights uh, in the division right now. Um, even and look, as much as I love John Jones, I think at this point in his career, he I, he don't want to fight these two cats. Um, I know John Jones is a dog, and he probably would beat him, but let's be honest, he ain't gonna want to shave years off of his life to fight one of these two dudes. So, um, yeah, and and look, there's a there's about three fighters in the in the heavyweight division right now that. I think we'll kind of just rotate the belt between them. Um, and that is Cyril Gaon, Tom Aspinall, and uh, Sergei Pavlovich. I think all three of them will eventually hold the belt of, for some time. I don't know how long or how you know how many defenses or whatever, but I think these three guys are head and shoulders above anybody else in the heavyweight division. And truth be told, I think they're they're all three better than really anything we've had in the heavyweight division in a long time. And that's including Francis and Gano. I think they're they're more complete than him. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is going to be a banger of a fight. It's either going to be Pavlovich standing up and. And banging with uh, Ospinal or Ospinal getting him to the mat and just kind of, you know, just laying on him and and gassing him out and then eventually getting a sub. And and really, if you go back to that uh that overing fight, I mean, it took a freaking toll on uh Pavlovich. So, I mean, there's no question, you know, what Aspinall is going to do in this fight. He's not going to want to stand up with Pavlovich. I don't know anybody who would want to stand up with Pavlovich. Um, but, yeah, so Aspinall is good. I think, like you said, he's a little bit more of a well-rounded fighter in terms of – in the sense that he has more pass to victory. And, yeah, ultimately, I, I'm going to pick him to win as well just due to that reason. Yep, it should be should be a really good fight either way. And um, it seems from what I've been seeing, it seems the MMA community is pretty torn on who's going to win. Like, I mean, it's like dead 50-50. Oh, yeah, I um, am myself. Yeah, I am too. I really, I hate, I hate that I had to choose someone to win. I really like both these fighters. Oh, I was, yeah. you know, wasn't trying to seem like one-sided or anything. I was doing my best to try and remain partial because I really do like both these fighters. Um, There's really not yeah. many fights that I dislike right now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. The heavyweight division, the heavyweight division's in a good sta- good standing right now. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, move on to our main event. If you're down, hmm. I'm down to get down. I'm like Tattoo Lawson says. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, uh, main event for the uh, vacant light heavyweight championship. We have Yuri Prohaska going up against Alex Pereira. Uh, Pereira minus one twenty two favorite. Uh, Prohaska plus one hundred two dog. 
Uh, so pretty much another pick'em here. Oh, uh, yeah, this is another fight I'm kind of torn about. I just, I really don't know. I say I don't know, but I'll try and make it short and sweet. So look, both these guys very good strikers. Uh, both these guys very chinny. Um, I think I give the toughness battle to Yuri. I think he's a little bit more tough. I mean, I've, I think I've seen him knocked out in the octagon. You know, it's kind of hard to tell. So sometimes because he keeps fighting, but uh, you know, Pereira when he gets when he gets like clipped, he Donnie gets knocked Walker. out cold. Yeah, but yeah, Yuri, you know, when he gets hit, he, he just kind of he, he he at least quickly comes back too. Um, I don't know, but the thing that worries me is that you know Alex Pereira, he at least. He at least can defend strikes. You know, I mean, he's not, I don't know. I don't know. He can at least defend strikes. And Yuri, he just kind of doesn't. I'm not sure, if he, I'm not sure what he has against defending strikes, you know, but here he is. He just eats him with his face. Um, he's LSU football in, in MMA fighter form. Yeah. And I really don't know. This is another one of those fights that gives me a headache. Um, either way, uh, five rounds, this doesn't make it, this doesn't make it past the third round. I have Alex Pereira winning via third round knockout. Um, I don't know. The, in, the injury to Yuri worries me. I think Alex Pereira being the much more active fighter helps here. Um, I don't think Yuri has like ex- exactly felt the power of someone like Alex Pereira. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Either either one of these guys is probably going to get knocked out. You know, I just, I just don't know who. I don't. I really don't. But give me Pereira win via third round knockout. I think him just being the much more active fighter and not coming off of an injury um, gives me the slight edge for him. Yeah, and look, both guys are equally great at striking. I mean, unpredictable striking, kind of a weird, unorthodox style of striking. Um, Dude, they they hide things so well, dude. It's it, it's gonna be a really really fun fight to watch. I think as long as it, I, I mean, it's gonna be fun if it finishes quickly too. But I just want to see it go on as long as I can because, dude, I'm I'm excited for this fight. But um, yeah, and the the injury to Yuri does concern me as well. Uh, I do think Yuri has more avenues to the win than than Pereira does. However. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna stick with Zach as well. I'm gonna say Pereira by probably third, fourth round knockout. Um, the one thing that concerns me about Pereira though is the move up to light heavyweight. I mean, dude has, still has unbelievable power, but I mean, what what is it really like in the light heavyweight uh, division? We haven't seen it yet. Of course he, um, I mean, of course he he freaking. Um, fought Jan Blahovich, but um, I don't know, man. It, God, it, it's tough to to uh, mm-hmm. to really judge this fight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. Like, yeah, like I said, I'm just gonna go. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Pereira. Yep, I'm with you there. For what it's worth, you know, I, I always go back and forth about Pereira going up a weight division. I think at the end of the day, it only helps him because I mean, he's, he's still. You know, we saw against Adesanya. Yeah, I, mean, I think we saw against Adesanya. I think that those weight cuts were just too much for Pereira. I mean, like you said, in the light heavyweight division, he's getting rocked, um, like really bad. But I think I think him being up a division, a division where you have 20 more pounds to play with, at that. Um, I think that really helps with your durability. You know, you don't have to kill yourself to cut weight anymore. You know, you probably just kind of walk around your natural weight or a little bit below it. So, I don't know. I think I think going up a weight division definitely helps for more than it hurts. Oh, yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, both of these guys are absolutely massive for the light heavyweight division. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's definitely going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh yeah, I want to. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about it, Peyton? And if not, we can wrap up. Uh, one thing I did want to mention: it's not about UFC two ninety five, but it is about a champion on the on the roster. Um, Sean O'Malley, dude. You know, I really like Sean O'Malley or liked, but sugar. He's made some really questionable uh, comments lately, and I saw one that he saw today, 
He said that he would not take a fight on short notice. Um, he needs at least 10 to 12 weeks for a camp. Um, and look, that's just not really a – to me, that's not really something the champion – the mindset a champion should have. And I think we've we spoke on this before. He said uh, he's not – he doesn't want to move up. He doesn't, you know – I don't know, man. Uh, I, I feel like if you if you're a champion, you want to challenge yourself at all times. I get it; it's the smart thing to do. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a weird mindset for a champion to have. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I didn't I didn't even know you said that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that that is that is very strange. I mean, you know, I think I'm 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 getting I'm beginning to like Sugar a little bit more and more. Um, not that like I really hated him. I just hate I hate his antics. I guess if you will, I feel like he just tries. I don't know how to put him. He is super young, but it's like he tries too hard to like be this young guy in the UFC who's you know like all for the kids kind of thing. I don't know. He's he 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 weirds me out. I think he tries too much. You know, yeah, I rather sort he, he didn't really have many antics. Uh. In his last fight after he beat Aljo. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I think he's a little bit more struck, um, you know, so just in the moment that he won the championship. I don't know. He's always, I don't know. He's he's always just like super weird, like on Snapchat and stuff. I just that is true. I don't, I don't know. He's kind, he's kind of weird to me. In the same way that like, Aljo is weird to people, you know, Sean is weird to me. I don't know how to explain it, but. Either way, yeah, super weird for a champion to be saying that. I Let me mean, see if I can pull up the uh, the exact quote. Very interesting. But if any champion's going to say that, it's going to be Sean. Oh, that oh yeah. one. Definitely not Sean Strickland. I'm looking for it. Where did I see that? I don't know. I think you read a fake tweet. Fake tweet. It, account. it might have been a fake tweet, but I guess yeah. I believed it because it would be something that he said. Mm. You got Barry McCockendered. Mm, I might have been. I might have gotten buried. Unreal. Where? Well, um, I'll, I'll let you keep looking for it. Give me uh, a few more seconds. Mm. It ain't going to pop up. It's over. It is over. Yeah, I, I guess. So. Yeah. Mm. Maybe I... If I can't find it anywhere, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but um, I think I mean I think that'll just about do it. Um, you know, besides the Sean O'Malley thing, is there anything else you wanted to um wanted to say before we wrap it up? No, I think I think that's about it. All right, well, guess that'll that'll do it for this episode. Um. Now, as always, I'm Zach, and I was blessed to do another episode of the co-host Peyton. Uh, watch UFC 295. Do what you can to watch it. Go to your nearest Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever. Um, should be a good one. Yeah. And, uh, as always, we'll catch you all next episode. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>